Sometimes in life, skepticism can serve you well. It can save you money, keep you from wasting a day at a timeshare presentation, and help you avoid spreading gossip. To be honest, when I am faced with a new scenario, I usually tend to be a skeptic until something proves me wrong. And if you're like me, you can probably spot a too-good-to-be-true health hack from a mile away and read labels like it's your job. That's where ritual comes in. They know that every good skeptic deserves a multivitamin that exceeds your standards. Their clinically backed Essential for Women 18 Plus multivitamin has high quality, traceable key ingredients in clean bioavailable forms. Take two delayed release capsules per day that optimize your body's absorption and you'll get nine key nutrients. Rituals Essential for Women is USP verified, so you know you can trust what you're putting in your body. Only about 1% of supplement brands on the market have the USP verified mark, which shows the product contains the ingredients actually listed on the label. On top of that, Ritual multivitamins are vegan, non-GMO project verified, gluten and major allergen free, certified B Corp and made traceable. I take my vitamins every morning with breakfast. It's part of my daily ritual and I feel so good doing it. No more shady business. Rituals Essential for Women 18 Plus is a multivitamin you can actually trust. Get 25% off your first month at ritual.com slash yoga girl. Start Ritual or add Essential for Women 18 Plus to your subscription today. That's ritual.com slash yoga girl for 25% off. Everyone always asks me how I manage to get so many things done in a day. The truth behind it is great time management and a lot of help. If you need that in your life, meet Acuity Scheduling, a company from Squarespace. Acuity is a scheduling assistant that works 24-7 behind the scenes to fill your calendar and takes hours of work off of your plate, so you can keep your zen and focus on all the other important aspects of your business or side hustle. From the moment clients book with you, Acuity is there to automatically send booking confirmations, deliver text reminders, let clients reschedule on their own and process payments so that your days run smoother even as your business gets busier. All you have to do is show up at your session at the right time. You'd be surprised how much time is actually lost in the back and forth of asking, well, what time works for you again and again? Well, now clients can quickly view your real-time availability, all while making you look even more professional by consistently matching your flow and brand voice. Acuity's features can adapt to businesses of all sizes, from a freelancer in a park to an established studio with multiple locations and classes. Acuity has got everyone covered. Save yourself from the day-to-day drudgery of having to keep up with your clients and your busy schedule by using Acuity Scheduling. For a limited time only, you can get 45 days of Acuity Scheduling absolutely free, no credit card required, by going to acuityscheduling.com slash yoga girl. Hi, and welcome to a new episode of the Yoga Girl podcast, Conversations from the Heart. I am uh, sitting in a kind of interesting place at this very moment. So I just had a therapy session. I've shared that with you guys that I started therapy a couple of months ago and I have a session weekly these days. And today I am sitting with a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. So (laughs) I don't know if it's, if it's the normal thing to do with like a million people listening. But for me, whenever I get to actually sit down and just feel into my heart and into my body and talk, 
and share. It's become a really beautiful part of me processing things, especially processing new realizations or new information or specifically old information that I'm just recognizing or becoming conscious of right now. (sighs) Man, oh man, can you believe that we're already like more than halfway through November? It's almost December already. I don't know how that happened. It's almost December. It's almost time to Christmas decorate and, you know, it's almost the end of the year. I honestly feel like our, we had a, a New Year celebration. It felt like that just happened. I, I don't know where this year went. This year has been a hard year. I, I've been sharing a lot over on Instagram over the couple of days or over the last couple of days in a slightly different way. And I was sharing yesterday or was it the day before yesterday maybe that... I've had a little bit of a hard time knowing how to communicate or articulate how I'm feeling, especially through social media these days. This podcast, I have said before, I'll say again, it's my favorite platform because it's really intimate. It gives enough space and time for vulnerability. And I think when you're listening to this podcast, chances of anyone misinterpreting what I'm saying is really, really small, actually. One, you're listening to this because you're resonating in some shape or form to the things that I'm saying, right? And I don't think you commit to listening to a whole hour long podcast, like most of my podcasts are an hour long, unless you are feeling some of the same things. So around this podcast, this community around the podcast is very loving, very open hearted, very understanding. And of course we can debate and discuss and and all these things. And we all have different things going on in all of our lives, but I can sense this general kind of almost agreement of, yeah, like this is who we are, you know, we're all just looking for those moments of inspiration and those moments of, of genuine reminders that we're all in this together, right? We're all feeling the same things. My favorite feedback to receive from this podcast, which is the majority of the feedback I receive from this podcast is, wow, that's exactly what I'm going through, or that's been on my mind, or I recognize that, or I I see that, I get that in some shape or form. So I love that about being able to sit here and speak from the heart freely. I don't feel ever on the podcast like I have to filter myself or, you know, I don't pause and and really think about, hmm, like how is this going to be received by the world? Am I saying this the right way? No, I just share, right? what comes comes. And at the end of a podcast, you know, I've never in my life listened through one of my own podcasts before releasing it, you know, either it feels good at the end of it or it doesn't. And either way, I just, you know, I share it if it's good. So anyway, the difference there or where I struggle a lot is currently is on Instagram. And Instagram was my very first platform. It's the platform I, you know, kind of things started moving for me quickly. It's where the community started growing. It's been, you know, my main platform for a lot lot of years to share and speak. And lately, not just the, I mean, more the past couple of weeks, but lately, really over the past year or so, I have felt a little bit more of a disconnect there. Like I have a harder time actually, honestly sharing how I feel. And the reason that is, is because I get a lot of very mixed comments in return. And that's the the challenge, I think, of being human. You know, I've spoken about this on the show before, the one in the 100. You know, if we get 100 people that are telling us how great we are, 
and how amazing everything is. And then one person tells us we're, we suck and we're terrible. Then somehow our awareness, our attention is going to get stuck on that one person. So we had, I have a big, a really nice podcast with my friend Jim Pasteloff, like one of the early ones, if you want to listen a little bit more on that, where she, she, she shares that in a beautiful way. Anyway, and I find that when we are moving through an easy time in our lives, when we feel stable and grounded and things are good, right? It's so easy. It's much easier for our automatic response to be to direct our awareness and focus on the hundred people that are telling us that we're great, right? And then when we're moving through a hard time in life where we're challenged or feeling depressed or anxious or whatever's going on, then we have a much higher probability of getting stuck on what that one negative person is saying, right? Because we already have sort of a negative mindset or moving through something challenging, we kind of look for that a little bit more, I think, everywhere we go. So we're going to notice negatives or negative feedback more than we normally would. And also we are more likely to attach something to that. Like we get confused thinking that there's truth to what that negative person is saying or the negative feedback that we're getting. And for me, especially this past year, I have had a really hard time dealing with negative comments And that's kind of new for me. (laughs) I have done this social media thing now for, what, seven years, six, seven, eight? (laughs) Like, I can't even count. I started my Instagram account in 2012. It's 2019, almost 2020. Yeah, like seven, seven and a half years I've been doing this thing online. So if anyone is used to and knows what it's like to receive, you know, judgmental or negative comments, like, that's me. I've done this for years. Normally I have fairly thick skin. I, I am especially good at kind of weeding through stuff. And if I can feel triggered by something or, you know, maybe there's a, there's a spark of something and it really rubs me the wrong way to distinguish between, okay, is this because there is actually something for me to work on here? A really good example of that is, is the super important and extremely valuable conversation sparked last year in the Instagram world around yoga and cultural appropriation, where I had a, what, what felt in the beginning, it for, for me felt like a total attack. I had people who were writing me really kind of like harsh things and that I was stupid and I, you know, I, I wasn't carrying on the tradition and lineage of yoga in the right way. And, you know, I'm a white woman, I shouldn't be teaching yoga, all this stuff. And I was just kind of in shock, wasn't super educated in that area at all also sitting with a lot of white privilege that I hadn't begun to unpack or or really wrap my head around. And my first reaction was, oh my God, like, this is crazy. You know, you people are crazy. Stop talking to me in this way. Stop, stop being aggressive. And, you know, I was kind of immediately rejecting that feedback as like, stop, you know, I didn't want to listen. But then it stuck with me, right? It stuck with me. And the reason it stuck with me is because there was some truth in that commentary. There was some truth in that discussion. And there was a huge side of this entire discussion that I wasn't, where I wasn't educated and where I actually needed to do a lot of work on myself. So that was the reason I felt really triggered was because there was truth to it, right? And then there are other comments. So it's, it's kind of rare for me to have a big moment like that, but I can really look back at those what I felt was negative feedback, which that was actually super important and valuable and changed a lot in terms of how I look at the world and how I interact with the world and a lot of things. And then there are other comments that I get sort of on the daily. Like if you get a comment that says like, oh, stupid bitch, or, oh my God, you're so fat, or like ridiculous 
comments that just people are just blurting out stupid stuff. I am really good at not even like I don't even look at a comment like that twice. It's just you that's what you get being on the internet. Right. But this past year, like this year, these months where I haven't been feeling super well, I'm struggling with my mental health, like a lot of things coming up, feeling burnt out. It's like my tolerance for judgment or negative feedback or negative comments. Like I've lost it somehow. I don't know. So comments that normally wouldn't rub me the wrong way or that I wouldn't put energy or attention to, I'm suddenly absorbing in a totally different way. And I've been really challenged in getting negative feedback on something and then sitting with that all day, right? Actually letting that get to me and actually feeling feeling like there's truth in what other people are telling me when actually looking at it later, there hasn't been at all, where I am just kind of making myself feel smaller or unworthy or like I'm not enough by reading into super judgmental and sometimes really hateful people on the internet who don't know me at all. So I've been really mindful of that, which actually has shifted and changed a lot in how I engage and interact on that platform. So I used to share much freer. I used to be more like, you know, if I had an epiphany or a realization or if I struggled with something, I would just open my notes up because that's how I journal mostly is just through notes on my on my phone on the go. And I would write about however I was feeling, copy paste, put it on Instagram with whatever image and share, right? That's, that's how I just always have done it. And I also think that that's been why the community on Instagram has grown really quickly and why my you know, my, my, my posts reach a lot of people is because I have had this ability to really share from the heart in an unfiltered way and speak truth in some way that resonates with other people's hearts as well. And now, because I just feel like I can't deal with the negative comments that come along with, with social media, I, I'm just not equipped for it right now. So I've started to hold back way more. If I'm sharing something, I'm likelier to share something a little more superficial these days. Maybe I speak about how I'm feeling, but I don't really go, you know, like I don't go as deep as I would on this podcast, for instance. Of course, it's a more limited forum to share, you know, but also it's just because I, I feel like it's not welcomed, I guess, anymore. And I also feel like I, I don't want to deal. It's not helpful for me to deal with that kind of energy online and it sucks and I wish I was in this space where I just listened to the hundred people who say that everything's great and I'm amazing because of course there's always the majority is that the majority is still positive the majority is still really beautiful and and supportive but because of my inner workings like because of how I'm feeling right now and I'm not in a good place it's harder for me to do that and that doesn't mean that I'm ungrateful it doesn't mean that you know, you know, I'm, I'm stupid or I'm doing that on purpose or I should just change my mind and focus on the positive. It's just, I can't right now, especially when I'm having a bad day. I, I just, I want to, I can't. So I've been trying to cut myself some slack, I guess, by just taking a little more distance through, through social media. You are listening to the Yoga Girl podcast, conversations from the heart. Sometimes we get way too comfortable in our old habits. 
If you're still wearing the same old uncomfortable socks you got years ago, maybe it's time to upgrade to Bombas. I love my Bombas socks. They aren't just soft, they're like made with the softest cotton in the world soft. They're built with extra cushioning, so whether I'm walking my dogs or chilling at home on the couch watching Netflix, I'm always comfortable. Bombas socks provide support in places you didn't even know you needed it. Like your arches, each sock is built with a special arch support system so that it's not too tight. It's more like a nice hug for your foot and absolutely perfect on my runs with Dennis too. You do a lot of different things. So Bombas made a lot of different socks, dress socks for work, performance socks for working out and limited edition holiday socks too. You know that person who's just a gift enigma, completely impossible to shop for? Well, Bombas is the gift that every person will love. Everyone really will. If you want to give someone a perfectly nice gift, give them a candle. If you want to be a holiday gifting ninja, give them Bombas. Go to bombas.com slash yoga girl and get 20% off of any purchase during their big holiday sale. November 18th through November 5th. That's B-O-M-B-A-S.com slash yoga girl for 20% off. Bombas.com slash yoga girl. Mothers deserve the absolute best. So this Mother's Day, spoil the moms in your life with little luxuries from Osea. Osea's skin and body care is the perfect way to remind all the moms, mother figures, caregivers, grandmothers, and mother-in-laws in your life to make time for themselves. If you have been looking for the perfect gift, I recommend Osea's Andaria Algae Body Oil. I've been using it for years, and it seems like every single time I apply it, I get compliments on my skin. This body oil is rich, but it's never greasy, and it's clinically proven to instantly improve skin elasticity. Your skin will feel more sculpted and toned, and you'll be left feeling silky, soft, and glowing. Another favorite of mine is the Andaria Collagen Body Lotion. Ever since I've been using collagen, I have noticed a difference in my skin. In fact, it's never been better. Using Osea's body oil and lotion together is a mega moisture duo, giving you a full body glow. Osea's products are infused with their signature Andaria seaweed, but it's also clean, vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified. Really just a perfect gift for yourself, the moms in your life, and even the planet. Spoil the moms in your life with clean, vegan skin and body care from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with the code YOGA at oseamalibu.com. You'll get free samples with every order and free shipping on orders over $60. Head to oseamalibu.com and use the code YOGA for 10% off. And then what's happened now, I guess, over the past couple of couple of weeks... <laughs> what's happened now. It's just, I started sharing a little bit more. I've felt inspired to write more. Going to therapy, working with a therapist has brought me a lot of realizations about big things. And in those moments when I'm recognizing them, I have been really inspired to write and to share. And the feedback that I, that I got, like, I don't even know when I started getting this, but I started getting this in kind of a major or for me, it feels like I'm getting it in a major way if several people write similar things to me. And usually how I get it is through DM, direct message, or comments on a whatever post where I'm sharing something like, hey, I'm having a hard time. I'm having a hard day. And someone writes me, oh my God, stop fucking complaining. Like you are complaining about everything all the time. You have such a good life. Can you just get off the fucking internet? Start appreciating the things that you have. Do you know there are children starving in Africa? Stop complaining. This is exhausting. I'm unfollowing you. Comments like that. And obviously, you know, 
everything is, nothing is personal and everything is personal. So for someone to write that to another person, they're obviously going through their own stuff and probably feel triggered because maybe they're, you know, looking at the outside of my life or things that I've shared that makes it look all dreamy and perfect. And, you know, I live in the Caribbean and life is so amazing. And then for me to share that it's not makes me feet look or appear totally ungrateful. Like I'm not appreciating my life. Like I'm a spoiled brat, you know, not appreciating any of the good things that I have in my life, which I can sit here and very confidently say is a hundred percent not true at all. And it's, what the only thing it does really for me is makes me not want to share the real thing. So it makes me more likely to just, okay, I have to be grateful all the time, right? I, it's not safe for me to share when I'm, when I feel depressed. It's not safe for me to share when I suffer from anxiety because I have a lot of blessings. So I shouldn't be depressed. I shouldn't feel anxious because I have no reason to, I have so many good things. So then I just kind of suck it up, take a deep breath, push those feelings far away, put them in some corner of my soul, you know, shut the door and then soldier on with my day of like, man, like, let's be grateful. Gratitude, gratitude. Everything's great. When actually it's not, (laughs) you know, I have great things in my life. I'm a thousand blessings, super privileged. I have so, so, so many things to be grateful for. I am also, I think, in the middle of a burnout right now. I am also suffering from a lot of anxiety these days. I am also struggling a lot with feeling any kind of gratitude, with feeling that kind of just effortless joy and actually really recognizing and, and, and connecting deeply to the beautiful things that I have, especially on hard days. So all it does sort of for me to, to revert back to this idea that I have to I have to just be fine. Like, come on, bring on the gratitude. It's not there. It's fake. When I try to put on that face, it just, it doesn't resonate because it's not going to be real because it's not what I'm actually experiencing. Right. And what it does is it kind of spirals me down into a deeper level of sadness or a deeper level of anxiety. Makes me feel even more like I'm not enough. Like I'm doing something wrong. Like I should be grateful, but I'm not feeling it in that moment. Right. Because I'm having a fucking hard day. So I'm struggling with that lately. And now the past couple of days, I don't know really what happened. I just had a moment of like, fuck, fuck it. In a year, am I still going to be on Instagram? Hopefully not. For the past two years, I've been wanting to leave social media completely. I would love for the Yoga Girl account on social media to become an account for the community maybe for the foundation to do good, maybe for the brand, for for the community, for people to share, for it to be more of an open space where it's not just me and my story, but other people's stories too. And the reason I've, I've been thinking in that way for the past two years is just because I think I've, I've reached a place where I don't know if the good parts about social media actually outweigh the bad. I don't know if it's good for me to spend this much time online. I don't know if it's good for me to spend that much time answering comments and reading direct messages and posting and sharing and doing all of this on Instagram. I honestly don't know. And with time, yeah, I would love to live a life where I have no pressure to do anything or share anything or speak about anything or at all where I can retreat into a little cave or, you know, (laughs) go into the jungle somewhere and 
and not be connected at all, right? So that's kind of been on my radar for a long time. And I think I'm moving in that direction eventually. And then I know, then I have those moments where I let myself share something super authentic. Like the other day I just shared, hey, I'm having a really, 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 really hard day. And I'm having a really hard time feeling like I have permission to share that I have a hard day without coming off as ungrateful or like I'm complaining. And then I shared that and I wrote from the heart and I just put it out there and had uh, over 2000 comments from people who were like, wow, I feel so relieved to hear you say this or thank you for sharing. I feel the same or just, I see you, I got you. Please don't stop sharing. Like really, really, really supportive comments from amazing people. And then I have one of those moments that I have frequently through this podcast of, ah, like I feel recognition, right? I feel, and not in that sense that I'm looking for praise or, you know, I want people to, to tell me good things all the time. Not, not in any way, just that I feel less alone, right? I feel like other people actually do feel the same things as I do. And actually that feeling that I have, that urge to, to tell the truth, even when it's ugly, that, that that urge is coming from a place where it actually creates something good in the world, right? That urge to, to storytell that I have all the time to write from the heart in the moment that I have that urge for a reason because it's, it's meant to be put out into the world, right? It makes that creative side of, that I have of, of being able to articulate my pain, which is really a, a gift that I have. And I, and I can confidently say that I know that I have a gift in terms of communicating, writing about, speaking on and articulating hard things in a way that not everybody has and in a way that I know can help other people spark emotion and, and find other tools for their own healing journeys. And I want to keep doing that. So on that note, I've just been opening up a little bit more also in the hard world of social media. And then whenever I come across something, I don't know, whenever I've come across someone who, you know, totally doesn't agree or someone who just, yeah, thinks I'm a spoiled brat sitting in my perfect life on the beach complaining when I have nothing to complain about. I've been trying to give myself, well, first a little bit of space in, in that moment of, okay, like here's something and, you know, it's triggering something in me or it's making, making me feel like, like I want to, close the account or walk away or, you know, I feel kind of exaggerated emotions around everything these days. Can I give myself a little bit of space just to sit with this feeling right now and recognize that it's not so much that new situations are giving us new things to work with, right? So say someone tells you something super mean. Um, yeah, I, I could pull up my phone and like, dig up an, an example right now. But say someone says something like, you you are so ungrateful. You should stop complaining and just be happy, right? It's a pretty mean thing to say to someone who's struggling with whatever, right? Or it's, at least it's a, it's a quick jump to a big conclusion around someone's life that we actually don't know anything about. So that, a comment like that wouldn't hurt me if I didn't already have some of that emotion inside of me. So it's not like, you know, other people can ever make us feel worthless or other people can make us feel less than. It's that we already walk around with these wounds 
We already walk around with those limiting beliefs of, of not being worthy, right? Of being worthless, of not being lovable, of not being accepted. And then other people, scenarios, you know, experiences trigger that original fear or that original lack inside of us. It's already there, right? It's not like, honestly, it's not like anyone could ever, and especially, and that goes for these kind of, I'm sharing this in like the, the lighter little pains that people share with us. I'm not talking about, you know, abuse or horrible things that people actually do to us that causes trauma, but like the day-to-day things that trigger us that hurt, right? Or people who betray us or abandon us, or they do something mean or whatever. And it's so easy to, to get caught up into thinking or overthinking or over obsessing about the person who said the thing or what exactly they said, and they shouldn't have done that, right? So for instance, for me, it's very fruitless to get into a, a, a conversation with someone who's commented something mean or something negative on one of my posts online. Totally pointless. Like I'm not going to, that's not going to take me anywhere at all. And the best course of action for me is probably one to spend less time engaging online overall, especially when I'm moving through hard moments like this, to have more time without my phone, to not, you know, get lost in this world that actually isn't even really real. Like that's number one, of course. And number two, to recognize what is sparked inside of me, what pain, what wound is triggered by that comment. And then look at the wound. Don't look at the person who who wrote you or don't over obsess about the person who said the thing or how they said it, but look at what's triggered inside of you because that thing that was triggered was already there. It was there long before they said that thing or long before they did that thing or long before they betrayed you or hurt you. That wound was already there or there would be nothing to trigger, right? And here's when it gets really good, I think, or when all of this for me at least starts to make a lot of sense when we are able to sit with our own stuff enough to actually recognize the major, major, big, big, big wounds that we have inside of ourselves and how actually for many of us, those wounds create our realities. You are listening to The Yoga Girl Podcast, conversations from the heart. If you're like most millennials, you know you should be investing, but you're not sure where to start. That's exactly how I've felt. Growing my business from the beaches of Aruba can have that effect. But that's what SoFi is here to help you with. Getting your money right doesn't have to be that hard. SoFi is the first platform to offer stocks, crypto, and automated investing all in one. The fact is, most millennials are underinvested, and it's easy to see why. A lot of companies make investing seem super complicated. But SoFi makes it so easy for anyone to start investing with as little as $1. You can even buy a piece of companies like Amazon, Google, or Disney with SoFi's stock bits at whatever amount you want. Here's how it works. First, go to SoFi.com slash yoga girl and create an account. Choose to either do it yourself or let SoFi's automated investing build your portfolio. Use stock bits to buy fractional shares of your favorite stocks and you can start with as little as $1. You'll even get access to SoFi's financial advisors who can answer any questions you have at no cost because taking control of your investments shouldn't be intimidating. See for yourself how easy it is to start investing with SoFi at SoFi.com slash yoga girl. Fund your SoFi Invest account and receive $25 in mystery stock. Yeah, that's free stock just for signing up. Yes, that's free stock just for signing up. So go to SoFi.com slash yoga girl to claim your free stock today. That's SOFI.com slash yoga girl. 
I don't know if I'm rambling now, but for me, this is like, like going to therapy, <laughs> having this, all this stuff internally happening and moving inside of me. It's almost as if I'm laying one of those ginormous puzzles, right? You know, one of those like 10,000 piece puzzles and everything is totally jumbled. And it's one of those tricky puzzles where it's just color <laughs> and you don't really know, like there are no borders or outlines of things or images to piece together. It's just like a big ombre puzzle <laughs> of color. And I have all the pieces, right? I have all the pieces intact, like in front of me, they're just jumbled and I'm beginning to piece them together. And with every piece of the puzzle that connects, there's this moment of oh, like total relief, even if it's a small little piece. And even if I have almost the whole puzzle to go, like I, I'm just kind of getting started. It's every piece that I connect. It's like, oh, okay, that's why I am the way I am. Or that's why these kinds of scenarios continue to manifest for me. And having a therapist on the other end to sort of mirror that for me. It's not like she's telling me new information. It's not like she's, you know, she's not digging at, you know, and how does that make you feel? And let's move into that. Like, it's not like we have a destination where we're moving. It's more me sharing things or me realizing something. And then she holds up the mirror and like, okay, so where did that come from? Right? What is it like to realize that? And it gives me space to just move deeper inside of myself to get to the piece of the puzzle that I already have right? I already know it. It's just, I haven't been able to piece it together in front of me. I'm not cognitively like <laughs> connecting the dots. And one of those big things that I had this, this week or, or today, I just, that session I just had today. And this is like a weird thing for me to say, because I don't know for anyone out there who is in therapy or have you ever had like, okay, you have therapy, you're going to sessions or you're talking to someone or, you know, you're getting counseling, something, someone, you have some sort of support. And then you have this big thing that you're dealing with and you're like, okay, I got to talk about this thing that I want trying to figure out. And then you start talking and you realize that the thing that you thought was a problem ha is nothing, right? It's like literally not the point at all. And something totally different starts to, <laughs> starts to unfold in front of you. I don't know if I'm making any sense, but so for instance, today, this week or these past two weeks, I guess. So we've been doing this teacher training for 23 days and almost throughout the whole training or the last two weeks of the training, I've had a struggle and I'm not going to share details about it on here because I don't want to stir up specific drama, but I've had, I've had, I've had a, an old partnership, an old thing that I created that didn't end up the way I wanted it to end up. It had an amazing intention and a lot of, lot of love and energy and time and money put into this thing to not have it go my way, I guess, or to, to have it take a totally different direction than I had intended for this thing that I created long ago. And seeing that unfold kind of in front of me in ways that I really didn't want it, losing control of the direction of this thing that I, you know... <laughs> <laughs> co-created has been really, really, really hard. And then I've had a person who was a part of that who kind of is making things really personal and kind of going out of her way to to put up obstacles for me or to step on my toes or to to create drama, the kind of drama that I really don't want. And I've been sitting with this over the past couple of weeks of like, okay, 
you know, we have a we have a, a dilemma and some things that have to be settled and just behind the scenes working through this stuff that's been really sticky and it's like old relationships and personal and business and hard, you know. And it's felt like a really big problem. Like, man, I cannot have this shit. Like, this for me is not okay. You know, I have to draw a line in the sand. I have to set a boundary. I have to speak up. Like, this cannot continue this way. This is not how this was intended. You know, I, I am not okay with this. So I've been debating this so much within our company and with Dennis, this issue that we're having. And all around the teacher training, I've kind of been like in my quiet moments in between or in the evenings or, you know, dealing with this thing, this issue, right? This Because it's a big issue. And then that's what I was gearing up to talk to today with my therapist of, okay, I have this thing and I, and I, and I feel like it's, I don't know if I have a pattern and it keeps repeating in this way, but I really needed to vent about it to get to the bottom of something. And then the first thing she asks, <laughs> I'm like ready to talk about this thing, right? This problem that I have. And the first thing she asked, she was like, so how was the teacher training? And I was like, oh yeah, actually uh, really, really great. Like really easy, um, you know, much easier than other groups. I felt like this group felt very, very, very grounded. And it was really true. Like we, this, this teach, we've done five YTT groups now, and this group was by far the most calm we've ever had. I even said in our closing circle on the last day, I started crying in the circle and I just shared like this. After the year I've had, this group felt to me like a gift from God. I'm like, you guys are literally like, like, like grace. I don't think I could have handled a very emotional or very dramatic or, or kind of a lot of hard things coming up in a group. I'm so grateful that everyone was so self-reliant. Of course, in a teacher training, there's a lot of emotions and we, people don't really always know the big journey we embark on, especially these kinds of trainings. They're very, very heart-centered and focused on healing what needs to be healed inside so that we can connect to our true voice and then speak it and share it with the world. So it's always very emotional. The difference with this group, I think, was that everyone was so self-reliant and that, oh, you know, I'm having a really hard day. And instead of like throwing that out into the group or throwing out that out on the wall, like, man, like everything is hard for me. The first response of this group really felt like, huh, okay, let me sit with that for a moment. And everyone was from day one using all the resources, all the tools that we provided to deal with with our own stuff, right? So where normally we have this huge demand on our team to help people move through really hard things, this group sort of, they did it on their own, right? It was, it was so beautiful, so amazing. And I was in the closing circle sharing that of just like, you know, I've had a really long, hard year. And, and actually at the beginning of this year, I had a moment where I was looking out at the year ahead and seeing all of these big things that I had on my schedule, right? all these many tours and book release and so many retreats and trainings and all these things. And at the end of all this long marathon of, of several months without any break that I've had now, at the end of that came this training, this 23 day massive training. And I said, you know, earlier this year, I had a moment where I looked at that. I don't know how our, my schedule always becomes this. It does. Next year is different because next year I'm not doing anything. But yeah, and I said I even had a moment where I just felt massive anxiety of, man, how will I pull off a yoga teacher training at the end of all of that? And I just felt like, oh, all panicked around it. And now coming out on the other side of that, where actually it was 
it was like the best training ever. It was so calm. So of course, long and hard and, you know, super hard work, but there was this level of total groundedness all throughout. And I got to share that with a group with so much gratitude in my heart. It was so wonderful. And then my therapist asked today, because I, we didn't talk for 10 days, she says, so how was the training? And I said, actually, it was really easy. So um, yeah, I'm really grateful for that because it was very different for me, different experience to have a group that where, where they needed me less, you know, where they, they, they were really grounded. And then she went, oh, so what was that experience like for you? And I'm like, what do you mean? Like, that's a weird question to ask. Like, of course, that's amazing, you know? And I was like, what do you, what do you mean? She says, no, like, what was the experience, that experience like for you? Because it's very different from anything you've ever done in terms of, of groups to not be needed in that way, right? To not have fires to put out every day, to not have a big emotional need to fill with every person in the group or all the time. And then she asked me that and I, and I had to really sit with that question, not just like, oh, but it was great. And, you know, the group was so easy. So I had a great time because honestly, it wasn't true. <laughs> the natural, you know, what you would think would be the natural answer is, of course, it was amazing. The group was so calm. For me, the real answer to that is, is that's not true at all. And actually what I felt throughout this training was a little bit of panic and a little bit of a disconnect in it, between me and the group. And when I, she really gave me space to sit with that and she says, so, so how did that manifest? I said, I, I, I don't know. I, it made me feel almost purposeless. And as I started to share and she really gave me the space to just share, I started crying I started bawling. I started really like something really opened up for me there where I realized that if I am not surrounded by some sort of chaos or I'm not surrounded by some sort of massive need that I have to fill or a huge thing that I have to solve, fires I have to put out, then I don't really know who I am. I don't really know what my purpose is in the world if I'm not fixing something. And because this group, this gift from God of an amazing group, didn't, wasn't filled with things I had to fix or people I had to fix or take care of, it, instead of that bringing me relief and calm, it actually gave me a sense of, of panic or a sense of unsettledness. It gave me a sense of purposelessness, if that's a word. And the deeper I went into this inquiry of, of man, like that's, I, I didn't, because I didn't consciously know that that was true. I was just like, the group was great. Everything is great. Or actually it made me feel in every other area of the training, like, like I didn't really know what I was doing. You know, we had a moment near the end of the training where I was just, you know, everything was so smooth and we're doing lecture after lecture and class after class and everyone's teaching and they're doing great. And I'm just like, I had to ask the team like, Hey, is this a good training? And they were like, what? I'm like, yeah, is this a good, is this a good training or is it a, bad training <laughs> and they were like in shock they're like what what do you mean like this is like the best one we've ever done <laughs> like this is we're getting amazing feedback like this is awesome like why would you ask that and I just said I don't know I feel disconnected I feel like I can't gauge in my head if it's good or not I I don't know I feel disconnected. And it wasn't until just now today talking to my therapist that I realized the reason I felt disconnected is because if I don't have a major emotional need to fill, I don't know who I am. I don't know 
what my role is in this world if I'm not problem solving. And it was a, it might not sound like a big thing. I don't know. For me, it was like, in Swedish, we say, we say, did you hear my Swedish accent came out? In Sweden, we say, uh, which means like, it's like you put the coin in the machine and the coin like drops down and the jukebox starts playing or the thing you're doing begins. It's like, ah, like the click, like, man, like the realization, I guess, like at the light bulb moment. I had that moment of, yeah, that's, you know, and then immediately I'm like, well, like that, that's terrible. Like what, what, what kind of person, like what kind of person lives their life that way? Like, I don't want to, you know, and I go into this kind of judgment and she's like, Hey, you don't have to, you don't have to solve this now. You don't have to put a label on it or good or bad. What is it like to just sit with that? Just to sit with that recognition or that realization of, of, yeah, I don't know who I am when I'm not lifting someone else up, when I'm not holding someone else up, when I'm not saving someone, when I'm not putting out the fires, solving the problem, moving through the challenge, moving through the struggle. Without those things, I don't know what my purpose is. And then I immediately start to doubt everything I'm giving. You know, So I don't know, are my classes good or bad? Are my lectures good or bad? Is the group good or bad? Is the training good or bad? I lose all connection to everything and I don't know <laughs> because I don't have that fire to put out. <laughs> and if it's for me. And then all of a sudden, as I'm, as I'm sitting with that, I realize like, oh, so <laughs> over the past couple of weeks, these other issues that I've had, like the, that, that problem that I thought was major, that I was waiting to bring her about this old partnership, whatever, I'm like, is, is it even a problem? <laughs> is it even that big of a deal? If I had a regular type group that was extremely demanding, where I was problem solving every day, or, you know, sitting, you know, with someone who's in tears every day, piecing things together every day, would I have even looked at this situation? Or would I maybe just have had someone else deal with it? Because that's, you know, in the big scheme of things, there's, we have so many things going on, so many projects and businesses. I don't deal with everything personally all, my, all the time. So I'm kind of thinking like, hey, if I, if I was busy fixing something else, I probably wouldn't have spent this much energy on this problem. And it probably wouldn't have felt as massive of a problem as it does now. So yeah, it's a problem. It's an issue. But I, I made it much bigger than it had to be. I totally inflated this thing and blew it way out of proportion or it is a big problem, but I made it my biggest problem, right? I made it really like in front, I put the problem right in front of me. And then I woke up every morning looking at it all the time. You know, I brought all of my awareness to the thing, that struggle. And it's, it's kind of a ridiculous realization, but I did that, right? And then I'm looking back at my life and I'm, I'm trying to sit with, well, when are things, when are things totally effortless for me? When, you know, do I have this sense of total ease and total peace? When am I not putting out a fire in my life in some way? The answer to that is never. It never, it never happens. And it doesn't really matter 
what my life looks like. You know, usually it's business stuff and it's, 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 you know, and I'm, and I'm justifying it to myself by, yeah, we have a big business. We have a lot of employees. We do big things. We have a big community, blah, blah, blah. Like it's normal that I'm dealing with all this stuff all the time, more than other people. But I'm realizing now that this burnout, this exhaustion that I'm feeling all the time, this, this tiredness, this sense of like, man, I can't do it. It doesn't come from the externals of my life situation. It doesn't come from the fact that I'm working a lot and I'm, I don't have enough days off, which is what I really thought. I thought that, okay, I've, I've burnt out. I just need to go on a vacation and I'll be fine, right? I'll just take a break from doing so many groups next year and it'll be fine. I'll slow down and it'll be fine. It won't be fine. It won't. I mean, it, it will help, of course, to slow down and cut things off of my agenda and, and all, all of this, give myself some space. But the root of the problem is not in the amount of things that I'm doing or the energy I put into my work or, you know, the root of the problem sits inside of me. And that very limiting belief, that core idea that I have that, that my identity lies in fixing and saving other people. You are listening to The Yoga Girl Podcast, conversations from the heart. What little things in your day can you find that you are truly grateful for? For me recently, it was baking breakfast muffins with Lea Luna. It's a really great way to bond. I love baking together. And the recipe I tried turned out awesome. For this recipe, I used bananas, blueberries, oats, cinnamon, vanilla, and my usual Bob's Red Mills gluten-free all-purpose flour. Lea Luna does a pretty good job, okay, not super great, but it's okay, of mixing all the ingredients together, but some always end up on her nose. After mixing, we pop them into muffin bins and we bake. They make the entire house smell good in that everything is okay kind of way. We enjoyed them warm with vegan butter. It was the best part of my day. And obviously, always the best way to start the day with a cup of gratitude. Speaking of gratitude, I'm so thankful that companies like Bob's Red Mill produce quality products that I can stand behind. They make it possible for me to eat healthy and bake delicious goodies for my whole family at the same time. Every product is the highest quality and minimally processed from their stone mill in Oregon. Thanks, Bob's Red Mill. You stock me up on gluten-free vegan products from oats to flowers and meals for a healthy family and a healthy heart filled with gratitude. Head over to bobsredmill.com slash yoga girl to check out their awesome products and recipes and you can enter for a chance to win some really fun Bob's Red Mill goodies. One winner will be selected by random selection each month. Imagine living your life with the with and actually believing, you know, not consciously in my head because I can be objective about it and be like, I know that that's not my job. And, you know, I know I need to spend enough time like filling my cup and I can answer those questions as an adult in my head with my brain. Yes. But on that core level of being really being confused and thinking that, that, yeah, that's my, that's my point in life, right? The meaning of my life, my purpose in this world is to save other people and to, to fix other people and to be there for other people, which of course has, is a big reason as to why I do this work in the first place. <laughs> you know, I've created a career, a life, a line of work, a brand around this kind of emotional work. And it's not by accident. No, I'm really great at it. <laughs> I'm really, really, really good at it. Like ask anyone who's ever been to one of my classes, like I, there's something beautiful that's come out of it, right? Because I've been able to to create cool stuff with it. But the root core, like 
cause of it is something really exhausting, something really, really, really heavy. And living your life that, that way all day, every day, constantly having to have a problem to solve, to feel like you have a purpose in life, that's the burnout, right? That's the exhaustion, thinking that what matters is what I provide for other people, not just who I am. Like that's where the exhaustion comes from. And now this is all just, it's exhausting talking about this because I'm still piecing this together in my head. But, and, and another another piece of this that's hard for me is, okay, so a lot of this of course relates to my mom and her being depressed and her trying to commit suicide when I was little. Everything stems back to that. And then I have this relationship with my mom today where it's really good and she's a fantastic grandma and I love her so much and she's so present in my life and, you know, she's a totally different person today than she was then. So how do you balance that? I got this question from um, from a couple of people in this training, actually, who were dealing with with similar things of, hey, I, I have these traumatic things that happened in my childhood, but now my parents are are really trying. You know, my parents are really present now or they're really working through their stuff now. So how can I how can I balance that, appreciating them now while still dealing with the pain and the trauma of what was then? And my answer to them, I'm realizing now, is the answer to myself, which is that, you know, it's a wonderful thing, of course, to have our parents turn around and, and realize like what was lacking when we were little and do their very best to provide now and be the best parents they can be now and be present and giving and loving now. But it doesn't change anything from what was then. It changes what is now and it changes where we go into the future. But that big wound that you have from when you were little, it's not going to make a dent in that wound because what was then has already been. And those formative years, you know, our first years, like zero to seven, those are the years that shape us the most. Everything that happened in that early childhood time, we can't really fix it by, by watching our parents act differently today. Of course, it's great, you know, and obviously, you know, if we can choose between having that or not having that, of course, we choose having that. But it's really hard to have that conversation with our parents, I think. And I think probably we shouldn't because this is work that we have to do on our own now. You know, that wound is inside of me now and I got to do what I got to do with, with what's mine. So for me to sit with that and realize like, hey, I since I was very little, decided that, you know, it's my job to keep my mother alive. That's a pretty big, it's <laughs> a pretty big person in your life to save, right? To feel responsible for. It's a pretty big job, big fire to put out, <laughs> big responsibility to carry, big problem to fix, you know, big heart to hold. And making that my job when I was little, it's stayed my job as an adult, except now, you know, I see my mother in every relationship that I have and every person that I meet. And I take on that role of the provider, the fixer, the, the person who holds the space, the, the person who saves, the person who hugs, the person who gives the great advice, the person who helps, right? And I'll take any relationship and I'll, and I'll somehow find myself in that role. And that's the exhaustion that's the burnout, that's the pain. <laughs> and my job now is in little bits at a time 
give myself the space to feel the things I couldn't feel then and to express the things I couldn't express then. So in a sense, I think right now, I it's super strange because I'm 31 years old and I'm, I have a good life, all those things. But And I've done so much work around my childhood and wounds and personal development. I mean, man, for the past, what, 12, 13 years, I've done so much work around this. But somehow now at this moment in time, I find myself mourning my childhood like in a really major way. And I think I probably wouldn't be able to do that if it wasn't for me having Leia Luna reflecting back at me, you know, that freedom and that joyful childhood free of responsibility, free of, of that kind of trauma and pain. So it's like she's opening the door for me to, to really sit with and look at my own. And my therapist asked, asked me today, she's like, can you pinpoint the, the moment or the point in your, in your life or in your childhood where, where you lost that spontaneous freedom of, of just being a child, of just being able to play, that lightness that, that you had, that, that's what, what your childhood is supposed to be, that freedom, that lightness, that, that beauty, that playfulness. Can you pinpoint the moment it was lost? And I sat with it and I sat with it and I sat with it and I couldn't. And the reason I can't pinpoint the moment it was lost is because I can't remember a time when I had it. <laughs> and then, you know, okay, so can I sit with that? What's it like to allow yourself to feel some of that pain or to sit with some of that disappointment and direct that energy to the right place instead of recreating similar situations in my life today that's causing me a lot of a lot of harm a lot of self-sabotage a lot of pain a lot of drama instead of doing that in other relationships can I just you know sit with my inner child and and mourn what I didn't have what I didn't get so I guess that's what I'm doing right now Maybe that's what this depression is. If it is a depression, I've been really reluctant to call it that because I'm extremely high functioning and everything is so wonderful in so many ways. But maybe that's what this is. It's 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 a mourning of, of sorts. And perhaps that's a part of what motherhood is, is stepping into the role of the mother so that we can mourn what was lost as kids because we all have something right now we have it to varying degrees we have varying degrees of trauma and varying degrees of of pain that we're holding today from something that was old and some people move through similar things and just you know totally different ways so we can't really compare our journeys to anyone else's and if it's one thing i can sit here and be really really sure of is that there's nothing ungrateful about moving through this kind of stuff there's not an ungrateful bone in my body and sharing it's not the same as complaining and I think I'm gonna try really hard to be a little more compassionate toward myself and a little kinder toward myself and allow myself to share the genuine you know reality of of my own situation when it feels good to share 
So that's my plan. (laughs) Are you um, feeling any of the things I just shared or resonating with any of the things I just shared or feeling a similarity or a parallel with your own life? I would love to know. I really, really would. So share it on social. (laughs) If you're present there, you can tag Yoga Girl Podcast or tag me in the post and then I'll see it. You can email me. (laughs) You can write it on the community board on yogagirl.com. That's where I'm most present these days. That community board is, at least for me, it's the safest space that we have. And it's because it's social media free, I think. So it's... (laughs) It's just us, (laughs) you guys. But yeah, thank you for listening. Thanks for giving me this space. And um, I'll see you next week. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. If you enjoyed the show, be sure to listen and subscribe to other great episodes of Yoga Girl Conversations from the Heart. You can find all of them on yogagirl.com slash podcast or on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you normally get your shows. Don't forget to leave a review while you are there. Thanks to the folks at Cadence 13 for their production work. And of course, thanks to my sponsors. Please support them the way they support this podcast. I'll see you next week.